Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... It's us. The, it's just us. The sweet release of silence. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I coughed. <clears throat> oh boy, we've got a great episode for you this week. Uh, Paige did a deep dive into some uh, some very credible science and eh. some philosophers that we definitely need to hear from more, I would say. No. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Uh, but before we get into it, we have got some news. Beep, beep, beep. The first piece of news is that we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, check out all the tiers and rewards we have. And for anyone waiting on their rewards, good news. We can finally ship stuff out again. Yay! So expect some news on that very, very soon. And thank you for being so patient. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're, A, being as safe as possible, and B, not giving anyone COVID by sending them a, a cool t-shirt. <laughs> not, yeah, not giving you guys COVID with anything we touch, but then also not continually giving each other COVID while packing the things that we touched. Exactly. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, you will receive some news shortly um also if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show go to rooster tea that's that's my new bird noise that's my gangster bird noise um yeah go to roosterteeth.com or download the app you can get it on uh, your amazon fire stick your roku television your xbox your fucking mobile device dude it's everywhere check out all the great shows they have there including our own uh yeah and uh i think without any further ado let's hop into the show hello hello Someone is hammering in the apartment above me. <laughs> They're fucking. If you can hear that, I'm sorry. They're fucking in that room. No, if they were, it's over too fast and I feel bad for her. So, <laughs> hello. hello. <laughs> Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Kanye. When are you going to drop your album, Torres? And with us, we have Loneliness. <laughs> yep. It's just us. It's just the gang. It's just us. To be fair, we did have a guest for this episode and they could not be with us. And that's okay. They will be with us next week. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic episode. Uh both both of these. I'm really excited for this one because <laughs> I'll peek behind the curtain. Throughout the day, Paige has been messaging me. <laughs> <laughs> Increasingly distressing things. And not like, not like I'm worried for Paige, but more just like Paige was like, hey, this episode's going to be really crazy. And then 30 minutes later, it was like, man, I'm trying to like look into this guy and it's like really fucking weird. And then like an hour later, you were just like, fuck all philosophers, everyone who <laughs> philosophizes, fuck them. Well, this is okay. So peek behind the curtain. We're starting a series next week. We we're supposed to start it today. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Part of the struggle I had had in working on the series, which weeks, months of me like researching and then like throwing research across the room because it made me so angry. And so like <laughs> because it, and in part because what I kept finding with the research for the series is that it was so dense and it was just this like in-depth philosophy shit that referenced a bunch of other philosophers. And I'm just like. I, I, I can't make heads or tails of this. Like, I don't understand it. I'm struggling to understand how people would even want to get involved because I can't understand what it is. <laughs> like, like, it's one of those things where you're like, how do you get into this? It makes no sense. 
Like, yeah. I, I feel like everything I read has been in English. But if you told me it wasn't, I'd believe you. Because that's how much I understood it. And I'm like, I went to one of the top schools in our country. <laughs> I am not a stupid person. And then, so then today, so when we realized we weren't going to be able to have the guest that we were planning to have until next week. Yeah, by the way, we I know it seems like we're hyping it up. It is because we got Barack Obama. Barack Obama yes. is coming on the show. He's here to talk about Afghanistan. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, he's. It is not. We are not that powerful. It might Somebody, be. It might be somebody the other day was like, do you have a connect to Robert Evans? I was like, don't you think if I did, I would have had him on my podcast? <laughs> if we had a connection to Robert Evans, we would never shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> no, no, I'd be telling everybody anyway. So, um, so one of the things that I kept getting stuck on in that series was trying to understand the philosophers that came before that they are referencing. Mm-hmm. So once I realized we weren't going to be able to have that guest, but I don't want them to have to do catch up. I decided, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for us to do an episode setting those beliefs up mm-hmm. so that when we get to the actual series, we can kind of reference back so it makes slightly more sense. Um, and that's the rabbit hole I fell down this past week. And that's what I was texting you about. Because I was like, I don't know how I am four levels deep in this shit and I don't know any more than I knew months ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm happens. so angry. This, so angry. This happens very frequently on the show. And it's happened to me before. And I'm trying to think of like the first ones that come to mind. The first ones that come to mind are like happy science. Where like yeah, uh-huh. I, I lost my fucking mind. It happened a little bit last week. But in the best possible way. Where like I texted you on Monday or something. It was like yo this is crazy. And then I texted you on like Wednesday. And was like dude I think I love MMA now. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. To, so today... The whole time I've been working on this series, fucking months, Mm -hmm. it has been all philosophy based. It's been very frustrating because at the end of the day, I'm like, and I think I texted this to you today where I was like, they're just guys. That's just a guy who said something. And then a bunch of other people are like, he's right. Why? Why is he right? There's no proof that he's right. He's just a dude. And then the more I looked into this dude's life, I was like, He's fully just a dude. And don't get me wrong. Credit where credit is due. He's got to do a lot of cool shit. And he gets credit for that. But there are some things that he's going to like come out and say because he's famous at the time and be like, I think this. And people are just going to be like, yes. Yeah. You, I believe it all. Don't even have to prove it. Now I'm going to start whole other philosophies about it and get a doctorate in studying your fake shit. And so that's where I'm at. That's the level of anger I'm bringing to this episode. Yep. Hey, everybody. Today we're covering Joe Rogan. Let's go. Oh, my God. This Okay. (laughs) So this dude, toward the end of his life, becomes like the Joe Rogan of his day. Oh, God. No. (laughs) In, In a way. In a way. He spends the first part of his life being the Taylor Swift of the Holy Roman Empire, and we will cover it. Tight. It's fine. In that he boned a bunch of people and wrote a fuck ton of poems about it. Tight. Um, he became the little Wayne of Rome, dude. Not Rome. Holy Roman Empire. I'll get oh, it. Okay. okay. I just got to get into this fucking episode. Okay. Yeah. I'll cover it. I Don't d- worry. I didn't go to one of the top schools in the country. <laughs> I am a stupid person. So I, I'm very Armando, susceptible to this. Armando, I love you. Um, when I typed out, I was like, Holy Roman Empire. And I was like, he's going to think I mean Rome. I did. So I have a whole paragraph explaining the difference. Yay! Oh, God, let's get into it. Okay. Um, so, thankfully, I finally found a dude on YouTube who explains via diagram what some of these people were trying to say. Okay. Thank God. That guy's name is Footnotes to Plato. Thank goodness for him. Go watch him if you want to be angry, I guess. Um, And we're reviewing his diagram on participatory science method. 
We'll get to it. Don't worry. Um, then we have the combined and complete works of Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. By the way, that's spelled G-O-E-T-H-E. I thought it was Goethe until I watched a ton of videos and lectures where they were like, Goethe. And I was like, well, that's there are letters that aren't there, but I'll trust you. Um, and you can look at most of Goethe's writing through Project Gutenberg online for free. Highly recommend it. Uh, we also have his entry in Encyclopedia Britannica, and he wrote his own autobiography. Um, so that's included in the complete works that we're going to be referencing as well. So if you're probably like, hey, I also went to school and Goethe's just a philosopher, not a cult leader. What's happening? I'll get to it. What we're actually covering for the next couple of weeks is Rudolf Steiner, and we will get to him at the end. Um, <laughs> it hurts my fucking brain. I've been working on it for fucking months, and I still am no closer than I was before. I've read so many damn things, and I'm just like, hell if I could figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so I know we've talked I, about it so many times already, but I need to get this last part out. You, uh, I said, hey, what are we covering for this next week? And you went, we're doing we're doing a Steiner series. And I was like, oh, cool. And you went, yeah, because I can't fucking read about it anymore. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and thankfully, in doing this episode, I was finally like, okay, parts of this make sense because I found the diagram videos. <laughs> But then the more that it made sense, the more I was like, that's all they were trying to say. Why did they say it in such a complicated way? Why is everyone talking circles about it? And then finally, I'm like, also, it's wrong. So why is ev why do people believe this? We have proven it wrong. So many. Anyway. OK. Anyway, we'll get into it. So the next few episodes we're going to do after this are Steiner's life and then finally his impact on the education system and some of the current court cases that go along with that. It's going to happen eventually. For right now, we're going to get on the philosophy that influences the belief system that he creates because as I was researching it, it was very, very difficult to understand what Steiner does without understanding what Goethe did, because Steiner becomes a doctor of uh, Goethean science, which is, I'll get into it. Uh, I'm going to get out in front and say this now. Um, I've sat through a ton of lectures about it, sat through videos. I think I finally get it, but part of the reason this took so long is because it's nonsense, uh, and everyone <laughs> talks in circles, trying to explain basic fucking concepts, and then they try to call that concept science, and argue that all of Isaac Newton's science was wrong because they didn't use Goethe's scientific method. Spoiler, Goethe's method isn't fucking science. It's not science. People call it science. It's not. His method is basically hiking. We'll talk about it. Don't worry about it. Trying to understand this is infuriating, and I'm sorry in advance. Um, also... Throughout this series, we are going to encounter a bunch of people over the next few episodes that read one or two dudes' thoughts, declared it the best science in the world, even though it's not really science, and not completely invalid. I mean, there are parts of his th thought process that I'm like, okay, I understand where you're going with that, but it's not fucking science, so fucking stop calling it science. Um, and... I understand also that there are definitely people who have listened to our show uh, or currently listen to our show that may have experienced Steiner's educational system and may have been taught this as science. Sorry in advance. Uh, <laughs> sometimes schools teach weird shit. Um, but I'll go over why there are problems with considering this science later in the episode. Is it philosophy? Absolutely. Is it an interesting thought experiment? Sure. Science? No. <laughs> so we'll get to it. <laughs> and finally, all of these people lived about 200 years ago. We are allowed to disagree with them. We're allowed to look at current facts and information that we have and have come upon since their time and say, that dude didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. It's okay to say that. It's also okay to be like, I like this part of what they said, but it's not fucking science. So it's fine. We'll get through it. 
I understand that they made contributions in other parts of our history and literature, not taking that away from them. But I do have to be critical about the shit that's just not right and correct and not science. Anyway, no so. One, no one can see it except for me, but there is cartoonish levels of steam pouring out of Paige's <laughs> ears right now. As she is just angrily, oh. <laughs> literally fuming to talk about this. I mean, God bless my husband who had to sit through me staring at a computer with headphones on so he couldn't hear what they were saying as I was just like, it's not science! <laughs> like, so many times. Anyway. Anyway. The thing to remember is that people are just people. No one person has all the answers. They're still a person. People are wrong a lot of the time. So fact check people. Look at multiple sources. Ask yourself if something is fucking science. And then... Look for facts to confirm that. So, without any more screaming. <clears throat> I can't guarantee that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee that either. Uh, let's look at Goethe's life. So, Goethe's father, Johann Kaspar Goethe, lived with his family in a fairly large house, which today is a historical landmark, the Goethe house. Was it, was it one of those ones made out of, like, stone? Um, no, it's not a castle. Oh, see, I was, um, I don't know. I thought that's where we got the phrase, rock the Caspar. Because <laughs> his name is Caspar. Rock uh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> rock the Caspar. It's not science. Rock the Caspar. Anyway, uh, so their house was in uh, Frankfurt, uh, which at the time is a free imperial city of the Holy Roman Empire. Now... I know you think ancient Rome. That's not what this is. If you're unfamiliar with the Holy Roman Empire, allow me to distill this into like two or three sentences, which is vastly oversimplifying it. Mm -hmm. uh, but go listen to it like a hardcore history on it or some shit. It's super interesting. The The Holy Roman Empire as a fixture in history, in history is fascinating. Um, it's just something we have to kind of set as ground rules for when this is happening and where this is happening. So... After the fall of Rome, Europe and many of the lands previously owned by Rome became their own nation states or city states or territories. In this time period, we get the Byzantine Empire to the east. And in the west, we have the Western Roman Empire, which is what's left over of Rome, as you would think of as ancient Rome. But the Western Roman Empire falls due to a number of socioeconomic factors that we don't have time to get into today, but it's a lot. Uh, three centuries later, West, Central, and Southern Europe have a series of territories that end up joining forces largely through marriage via one ruling family, the Habsburgs, um, who are kind of based in what would become like Austro-Hungary at this point, uh, that part of the country, mainly like Austria, um, the exact term Holy Roman Empire wasn't actually used until the 13th century, so 1200. Um, in the early 8th century, the Frankish king, Charlemagne, Frankish is what will become Germany eventually, mm -hmm. uh, Charlemagne conquers a huge portion of Europe, and all of that kind of becomes what we will eventually refer to as the Holy Roman Empire. And it exists that way until the 1800s when Napoleon begins conquering sections of that territory and breaks up the empire. So honestly, go read about it. But this is taking place in the 1700s in what would be modern day Germany. Yeah. Makes sense. And now okay. we've relegated Charlemagne to ru ruling the breakfast club. That's, that, I know. that is his domain. If, just, just picture Charlemagne, the God through the middle ages, just like, <laughs> Hey, move. I'm taking over this part of Europe. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so as I mentioned, Goethe's father, Johann Kaspar, the ghost Goethe, uh, lived in Frankfurt and had studied law. He was technically a lawyer. He was well regarded in the community. Um, but he was just a lawyer. And by all accounts, he wanted to be something more. He had kind of greater political aspirations and had been recognized by local leaders of the town, but he wasn't really making a huge difference. He was just a lawyer. And 
anytime he tried to advance into the political realm, it just didn't really work out for him. So, he marries Goethe's mother, Katharina Elizabeth Textor, uh, in Frankfurt in 1748 when he was 38 and she, do you want to guess? Oh, no. Is it really bad? Was 17. So, they proceed to have tons of children. Unfortunately, only two of them survive. Cornelia Frederica Christiana, who is uh, Goethe's sister, and Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, who is the subject that we're talking about today. Uh, because it's the 1700s, and that's just what happens. Yeah, it's, you a, know. it's, a, it's gambling. You just yeah, you pop out yeah. a bunch, and you see which one and of the... And hope they live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cholera's a bitch. Anyway, <laughs> so... Uh, while growing up, Goethe was taught both by his father and a series of private tutors to read and write and speak Latin, Greek, French, Italian, English, and Hebrew. He he also learned to dance. He rode horses. He fenced. And largely it was because his father had grown up with kind of more modest means. And he had had to attain most of the things he had in his life as a lawyer. He basically worked to get everything he had and he didn't want his children to be disenfranchised so he wanted them to have all the advantages that he didn't believing that they could realize the ambitions that he could not if that makes sense yeah i mean it's not that fucking impressive can't speak spanish (laughs) can't even order a taco that's true and and hey uh spain was the spanish language exists that's what i'm saying and you know what he yeah. couldn't do? You know what I can do that he can't do? I can fucking mm. blow a sweet ring with a vape. He actually probably could do that. That's pretty sweet. <coughs> Don't vape right, it. Gandalf. It's, yeah, it's bad for you. Yeah, it's Gandalf the Grey Lung is what you've got right now. <laughs> anyway, as a young boy, even though he was receiving all of this tutoring and all of these kind of mentoring and schooling, things that a lot of other people at the time didn't have, he was obsessed with drawing. That was kind of the thing that he really took to. And his father tolerated it, but didn't love it. Mm -hmm. Um, He then became super interested in literature and theater and was super fascinated with puppet shows. (laughs) Um, What? You'd think, yeah, I know. And you would think that would be just kind of a kid thing, but it becomes a theme in his later works as well. And allegedly they would have like regular puppet shows at his family's house because he loved them so much. All right. I mean, I know. Here's the thing is that I know when they didn't have TV. So I, I know when they're saying puppet. Well, yeah. I OK. First first point. First point of action is that like I can make fun of them for li- liking puppets all we want. We're a culture obsessed with the goddamn Muppets. All right. Like, I yeah. Yeah. I've met so many adults. Elise. Elise from Funhouse won't shut the fuck up about the Muppets. It's a thing. All right. Grown it's, adults. Honestly, it's a generational thing. It's like people slightly older than me obsessed with the muppets yeah now granted muppet treasure island fucking classic but like yeah i don't know yeah i don't get it and i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of dms about it oh i love the muppets yeah i bet you do there's nothing wrong with the muppets i think i just had different cultural touchstones as a kid i had sesame street because it was free and i don't know if they're technically muppets i don't know how that works kind of yeah I, i would kind of i mean kind of but anyway my other point is like I know this isn't right, but I am imagining them doing sock puppets. Like, I know that they're like, the, you know, like <laughs> the, the wooden puppets that they control with that. And they're like elaborate or whatever. But I am just imagining this young boy watching somebody with like fucking 1700 style socks. So, you know, they're like 18 layers of clothing, <laughs> just like parading around doing puppet shows. I will say I live very close to a modern marionette theater, uh-huh. which I don't know if you know, you can see puppet shows today. Um, <laughs> and we went one time and I was kind of surprised where I was like, damn, they're doing a lot with these puppets. But then after a while, I was like, OK, we've seen the puppets, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else happened? Make them fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> anyway. They've already got wood. Make them fuck. <laughs> Come on, update the puppets. The, the string would get tangled. Well, and if you want to see puppets fuck, you could just watch Team America. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's been my main complaint with the Muppets is that they don't fuck enough. They do fuck. Um, I was gonna say that frog and that pig be getting free. 
Freaky. That frog. You just called Kermit and Miss Piggy that frog and that pig. Okay, it's fine. I you knew it. who I meant. Yeah. You knew who I meant. That frisky frog and that horny little pig. Horny little pig. He just wants to make her squeal. Anyway. <laughs> As he got more and more into theater, he got to know a lot of the local actors and would actually write plays modeled after them. And this would continue far into his later literary works. And as I was going through this, it lists some of these particular actors. And a lot of them lived to like 23. <laughs> that was where it was like se- 1750 to 1773. And you're just like, oof magoof and they're like one of the most talented actors in their day and you're like when did they have the time like (laughs) when did they start acting too anyway (laughs) i mean yeah i want to judge them but then we have our we have our actors every great actor dies young or they live to be fucking a hundred and their death will kill me yeah there you go but regardless his dad goethe's dad was not super impressed with all that acting shit Mm -mm. so he sent goethe off to law school at the same university he studied at because i i'm i have a quick question for you Paige. sure because when you said that it, it got me thinking has there ever in history been a father that has been quote a fan of that whole acting shit Cause I, You've met my dad, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think your dad is the one exception to the rule. Where I've just, I've never <laughs> seen a dad. I've, I've only ever heard of dads being disappointed. Or uh, my dad in particular was like, yeah, but like, what are you going to, are you going to like, you know, like act as a football player and play football? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, fool? <laughs> I mean... The day football lost your six foot five, three hundred ish pound ass yeah. is the day that football. It was a sad day. It was a sad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like, I'm living the real life High School Musical. <laughs> oh, so he went to law school mm-hmm. where his father had stayed before him, but it just wasn't really for him. And he would regularly ditch his law classes for poetry classes at the university. Oh, fucking nerd. But if there's one thing that people who specialize in Goethe will tell you, and literally everyone who talks about this guy's life at length, one thing he loved more than anything else was dicking down ladies. Okay, there we go. I take the nerd shit back. Oh, dude was neck deep in fraulein's (laughs) i want to be clear by the way i'm not saying that poetry is nerdy i'm saying the act of ditching a class to go to a different class is fucking nerdy and defeats the point um i used to ditch linguistics class sometimes to go to uh camp cult and trash cinema lectures nerd i accept yeah um anyway so he he stay getting in with the ladies, especially after writing them poems with things that he learned from the poetry Hell classes. Yeah. See, this is why poetry isn't nerdy. I would like to read you one of his poems. This poem is from a later period from a collection of poems titled Erotica Romana or Elegies of Rome, mm. Roman Elegies. It's about 15 years later, and I'll cover in our story when he writes this, but I feel like this poem really gives us some insight into what he's thinking about when he's writing poems. Okay, okay. Here is where I've planted my garden, and here I shall care for love's blossoms. As I am taught by my muse, carefully sort them in plots, fertile branches whose product is golden fruit of my lifetime, set here in happier years, tended with pleasure today. You, stand here at my side, good Priapus, albeit from thieves I've nothing to fear. Freely pluck whosoever shall eat. Hypocrites, those are the ones, if weakened with shame and bad conscience, one of those criminals comes, squinting out over my garden, bridling at nature's pure fruit, punish the knave in his hind parts, using a stake which so red rises there at your loins. Now... There's a lot of symbolism there. But I'm not going to have time to go through all of it. What I am going to have time to go through is that he invokes the Greek demigod Priapus. 
Priapus is a Greek fertility demigod, protector of livestock, crops, and penises. Hell yeah. I mean, that's not is that the- different. You can grow a penis in the ground. If you, com- if you come in a pile of dirt, you'll grow a penis. That's Try it. Try it at home. That's why they call it seed. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh, so in the middle of this poem, he invokes the god of penises as his friend. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, help me keep this garden fertile. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good penis friend. So that's what we're dealing with here. Dude writing penis poems, skipping his law classes, getting in balls deep. I actually have another, a more modern day poem that this really reminded me of that I would love to yeah, read to you. Yeah, please, please, uh, please. Yeah, it goes, uh, oh yes, I love her like pussy money weed. Pussy money weed, <laughs> pussy money weed. Oh yes, I love her like I oughta. I see you at the altar, Miss Carter. I see you with my daughter or son, more than one, maybe five like the Jacksons or John Paxson. Just don't let him fuck up the mansion. <laughs> fuck. Little Wayne is so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet he wasn't also a lawyer. Anyway, so by 1768, the law classes weren't going so great. In fact, they were going so badly he had to leave school. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that tracks because he wasn't really going. Uh, and once he got home, he got super sick and was confined to his house for almost two years and his dad at this point was just like fuck this lazy sick asshole okay so i feel like we can all relate to this uh i think so too is us for the past several for like 2020 and 2021 and uh his dad is the government just like fucking lazy pieces (laughs) of shit lazy pieces of shit um, he was mad at him for leaving law school. He was not stoked about all the dick poems. <laughs> and so he literally made his mom and sister care for him. Where he's like, I can't even be near you right now. Yeah. Yeah, why don't uh, you call your friend the dick god, huh? Why don't you call Priapus, see if he'll get you better. Yeah. Uh, that's also why when you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, uh, that is referred to as priapism. You're welcome. Whoa. Is it also why I refer to sex as pria pussy? Because you got to pry it open. You got pry. No, you should You should it not should have be. to. No, it should not go that way. Anyway, by 1770, he was recovering. And as he was recovering, he published his first collection of poems. Allegedly, they were all written about a girl he knew in school. Oh. And later that year, he decided to go back to school, but this time to a different university uh, in Strasbourg. And he was studying specifically literature and philosophy and maybe taking one or two law classes since he'd already gone through three years of law school. I get he goes to school. I get I get it's just wild to me of just like, I guess I might as well take some law classes. I mean, I've already been in law school for like so long. Yeah. Uh, So he goes to school and he falls in and out of love with multiple women and writes poems about all of them. And then is like actively publishing collections of poems, just like Taylor Swift writing songs about her exes. That's basically what he's doing. Like he's just like hitting it, quitting it and then publishing it. And it's just this crazy ongoing cycle. But he's building up a fairly big library of work. Um, and oddly enough, he manages to get that law degree at the same time. Tight, tight, tight. So he establishes a small legal practice thinking that he's going to make his father proud. But unfortunately, he's like a really bad lawyer. Yeah. Like he's not good at it. No, I did not assume he would be. (laughs) So much so that he would go to trials and get like too into it, like too dramatic and would get reprimanded by judges. He basically lost every single case that he tried. <laughs> he's just like, he's sulking and he's just like, I'm going to write a poem about it later. I'm going to write a poem I'm going to write a fucking it. poem about you later, you fucking bitch. There's nothing you could do about it. Nothing. So this terminates his career as a lawyer mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, he does kind of get into more politicky stuff, but he never really practices as a lawyer again. And at this point, he decides to start writing again. And this time, 
his father is basically just like, I give up. Fine. Be a poet. I'll give a shit. Like, clearly you're bad at lawyering. So, like, whatever. So he obtains the life rights to a nobleman that they kind of know in their local circle uh, who had been in the German Peasants' War. And so he kind of writes that dude's life as a biography as kind of like a colorful, like historical fiction story. And it becomes wildly popular. People really, really like it. And it gets him the job as the editor of a local periodical kind of newspaper but it's not paying the bills, but it is paying an exposure. This is like the only time in history that exposure paid because after a few years of working as that editor and publishing collections of his own poems based on the girls he's knocking boots with, (laughs) he gets invited to the court of the Duke of the Weimar region or Weimar region, I believe is how it's actually pronounced. Um, who essentially pays him to be like the writer and poet in residence. And while he's there, or when he first gets there, I should say, he gets involved with a married woman and then then abruptly (laughs) dips over to Italy when things get too serious. Oh, boy. She's like, do you want to cuddle? He's like, I have to go to Sicily. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, this place isn't sexy enough for me. Um, And in his time in Italy is when he writes Erotica Romana, yeah. the thing that we read that dick poem from. So clearly, he stay on his bullshit in Italy. Uh, he gets back to the Weimar region months later, and he and the Duke are BFFs. He helps him with battles. He gives him advice in court. He becomes like a respected member of that duke's court just hanging out saying thinly veiled greek god innuendo shit and during this time he maintains an 18 year long relationship with his mistress with whom he has multiple children and eventually marries like a year or two before she dies <laughs> like oh my like god he stays not being tied down. <laughs> no, no. he's That was the most committed relationship was with the woman that he regularly cheated on people with. Yes. Yes. And it's around this time that we have to talk about his rival. And <gasps> it's only kind of a rival. And I say kind of because his rival is dead and has no idea this rivalry is going on. This is one-sided. <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton was born in England... Uh, Somewhere in the neighborhood of December of 1642 and January of 1643. A lot of people agree that it's Christmas Day, um, but that's depending on which calendar you're using. Regardless, winter. And he is born into a family where his father was also named Isaac Newton and died three months before his birth. So, reincarnation, Highlander, who knows. Anyway... He's now a baby with the same name as his dead father. And he predates Goethe by about 100 years. But it takes time for ideas to spread, especially in this time period in Europe where things are purely by written word and word of mouth. But that's why I'm bringing this up now. So Newton spends most of his time as an adult working extensively in mathematics and calculus while also studying astronomy and the work and theories of Johannes Kepler among others he's credited with developing the earliest versions of our theory of gravity although it has evolved over time he's not perfect but with the tools he had at the time he was fairly accurate um but that's not all he he's responsible for a lot of stuff thermodynamics basic physics laws but there are two things that he contributed to that are going to factor heavily into the rest of our story i believe one of them is the war on apples right yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, Anti-Apple. Anti-Apple as fuck. Yeah. Number one, he contributed to what we recognize as our modern scientific method. He's not the only one. Uh, Descartes, Francis Bacon, and others really contribute to this idea that is called hypothetical deductivism. And what that means is, here's the scientific method as we accept it. You have an observation or a question based on what you're observing in the world. You research that topic. You then come up with a hypothesis. 
you test it with an experiment, you analyze the data, report conclusions, and then the cycle starts again, where you then continually observe and ask more and more questions to essentially gather facts. That's still used today. That's modern scientific method. I, I, here's Paige, I know you're a smart, sure. I know you're a smart person. Thank you, thank you. But I didn't hear any mention of no bacon soda vinegar volcanoes in your explanation of the scientific theory. And I feel like in my schooling, that seems to be the center of science. That and the the, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Paige, I didn't hear you mention either of those things. Allow me to elaborate. Mm -hmm. See, my observation is that you have waited until the last minute to build this goddamn volcano. Uh -huh. I'm going to research that by looking through your backpack to see when this was due and when you knew about it, which was weeks mm -hmm. ago. My hypothesis is that you're kind of a shitty kid. Yeah. So I'm going to test that by making you make that volcano yourself and not helping you. And then I'm going to analyze the data of when it doesn't fucking work and makes a huge mess in the kitchen. And then I'm going to report conclusions to your teacher that I don't care if you flunk. I'm tired of putting up with your shit. Mom? Yes. Mom, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's... I, I like it a lot. I Yeah, I fucking... I don't even know. I, I did do that. I did do the volcano thing, like, two different science fairs in a row. And I got a good grade on it, but I, I couldn't tell you right now. I don't know what my, my hypothesis was. <laughs> I think... I did rock candy. For one, where I tried different like sugar levels and additives to the water. And then I did one where I was like, what type of music makes you study better? Mm. So like if you listen to music while studying, how well do you score? I did I did one uh that I almost won, but then I got disqualified. I made crack rock. Uh I just made <laughs> <laughs> straight up made crack. It's chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if we make the meth blue, we'll sell out. <laughs> but that has more to do with advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1666, uh, Isaac Newton essentially completed study on the second part that we're going to have to look at. He has the scientific method in place. He's using it. And he observed that the spectrum of colors exiting a prism in the position of minimum deviation is oblong even when the light ray entering the prism is circular. This is why this has been such a frustrating episode of reading shit like that all the time. Anyway, it leads him to conclude, based on the evidence he has gathered from experiments, that color is a property intrinsic to light, and dividing those different colors is basically a matter of angles. Yeah. Um, and up until then, that had been a matter of debate. People didn't really know how color worked. And he, from 1670 to 1672, lectured heavily on optics and prisms, prismatic glass, how light refracts and how that refraction impacts what we can see. And he basically, he arrives at some of the conclusions about color that we still use to this day. Uh Modern study reveals that his analysis and wreath synthesis of white light is pretty accurate. Um, he also showed that colored light doesn't change its properties because it separates out into a colored beam. So regardless of whether reflected, scattered, or transmitted, the light remains the same color. So that color is the result of objects interacting with already colored light rather than objects generating the color themselves this is known as Newton's theory of color. Now, we have also discovered since then, biologically, that there are parts of our eyes that perceive color, and that factors into this as well. But that hadn't been discovered yet. Back to Goethe, about 150 years later. Having dicked his way through the literary world, nice. Goethe, always curious and always learning, turned his mind toward the natural world. And I want to stress at this point, Newton's scientific method and his color theory, about 100 years old, but there's no internet, he's learning about them, but it's almost as if it's contemporary because it's only 100 years apart. He may have learned about it as a child, potentially, but it's also possible because he is almost a full-grown adult and as a child it would have been a brand new theory of only about 20 years or so it's possible that he's only now coming upon that study um but 
in the 1800s, bolstered by most scientists at the time, Newton's ideas are coming to prominence and Goethe didn't exactly agree with Newton. So he decides he's going to develop his own scientific method. And this is the shit that I had to watch so many videos on that is frustrating as hell. Let's get into it. So his method relies heavily on observation. Essentially, he believes that human observations are the height of truth, which, as we know, by the reliability of eyewitnesses is not true. Yeah. That is, you cannot rely on human observation solely. Let's put yeah, it that way. Especially moving forward in science. This is the only time I feel like I could actually contribute is having essentially had what I would call an expert's crash course, like a, a as expert of a crash course as I could get on uh, quantum mechanics where human observation is part of the problem of understanding yes. this science. Yeah, it's a flawed system. Well, and Goethe goes on to claim that the very act of observation changes our relationship with the thing that we're observing and that recognizing that relationship between the observer and the observed object is key to understanding it. Now, that's the part that I actually think is worth examining i wouldn't say it's science but it's worth thinking about from a philosophy standpoint is does something change because i am viewing it is it related intrinsically to this relationship i have with the thing that i'm viewing if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around does it still make a sound that idea if that makes yeah, it sense. sounds like a hot ass beat i mean it sounds like something that if you smoked a fuck ton of weed and watched too many episodes of Rick and Morty, you would get into this conversation. That's what's right up, there. baby. I'm there. I'm right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already here. Right there. So, unlike the existing scientific method, experiments and testing and facts aren't as important. It is purely based on the observation and if you listen to modern people who believe this talk about it, they refer to it as slow science <laughs> or participation-based science. Uh. Your participation in the act of observing is the most important part to learning about the thing that you're observing. Hmm. Uh, as a result of coming up with this scientific method, Goethe decides to create his own color theory in which he believes that color is an intangible and reliant on our relationship to the sun. So if you thought that there wasn't going to be somebody staring at the sun in this episode, you're wrong. <laughs> he stares into the sun for a oh. while and contemplates colors and arrives at the idea that colors are essentially created by the sun, but our act of observing them alters the color. So the colors that we're seeing is purely based on the fact that we have chosen to observe them. However, there it's not entirely wrong because everyone's eyes are a little bit different. So yes, we all see color slightly differently, but the fact remains that we all see color. Yeah. Um, most scientists today would agree that Newton is right. <laughs> yeah. And that this is an interesting thought experiment, but not correct or really scientific at all. And there's empirical evidence around both the spectrum of light that we can see and that we can't see and biological evidence of how we see light using the cones in our eyes. But that doesn't mean there's no room for Goethe because he's right about observation and that should be part of the scientific method, which is why it's the first step of the scientific method. <laughs> I don't think Goethe really understood the scientific method. Because literally, observation is the first step. You're supposed to observe things and then draw conclusions based on what you observed and then move forward through the rest of the method of questioning it, testing it, creating experiments, gathering data, and then observing that data and then going through the process again. Anyway, some people at the time thought Newton was kind of stuck up for being super into facts. And so they kind of clung on to Goethe's more philosophy-based version of science. <laughs> this is... In, in quotation marks. Science. This is, air quotes. This is the most relevant fucking sentence of this whole fucking episode. 
is that people thought Newton was kind of stuck up for being super into facts. I know. It's kind of like today, yeah, isn't it? It's kind of like these scientists are such fucking dicks about science. I'm going to believe a YouTube video. Well, and so this leads a lot of people to kind of cite Goethe as a science pioneer and for people to get doctorates in his type of philosophy and call themselves scientists. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Goethe is now 74, which is old as shit for the 1800s. still fucking? He did the only thing that could make him feel young again, which was to fall in love with a teenage girl. No! Goethe! He wanted to marry her, but her mother was not into it. And he was like, fine. Uh, Besides, he wrote a whole book of poems about her and also the pianist that he was also boning at the time. Of course he's fucking a pianist. Shouts out to... He's... (laughs) Shouts out to the dick Shouts out to Adrian Brody? Oh, okay. Also, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... So he's 74, still juggling young ladies. And then he lived another 10 years before dying of a heart attack. I assume while he was balls deep in some lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 30 years after his death, a young philosopher would dig through his life works and attempt to organize and edit them for republication. And that's the guy we're actually going to talk about. His name is Rudolf Steiner. And we will start with his life next week. God damn. Hey, Paige, I got a question for you. If a, if a grandpa lock himself in the, in the garage and there's no one around to see, does he still turn himself into a pickle? Pickle yes. Rick. It's like from Rick and Morty, Paige. It Paige, is. it's like from your favorite show, Rick and Morty. <laughs> I don't have feelings for or against Rick or Morty. Rick and Morty, really. I do <laughs> I don't have any feelings towards Rick and or Morty. And or Morty. I, oh, my God. No, I... <laughs> oh, my God. I hate this so much. I understand exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Because it's, you know, that's the most relevant part of this whole thing. Is It's like, yeah, sometimes people think scientists are, like, stuck up or whatever because they're so into science. And it's mostly because science... I talked with a uh, friend of the show, Bobby, with Robert Timothy... And he said the reason that most scientists are dicks is because it's hard for them to not understand why normal people can't grasp the things that they're trying to say. And so, like, they're incredibly smart. They're incredibly smart. But that's a different skill set from being personable and trying to, like, like, Bobby has that skill. Bobby is one in a million as far as science nerds go. Where he, yeah, absolutely. where he can grasp these things and then make it easy for you to understand. Most scientists, if you question them even a little bit and they put pages of research and evidence in your hand and you're like, I'm not going to read that. I don't got time for that. They're going to go like, fuck you. Fuck you. I did, all here. It's all here. I don't need to be nice. I have evidence. Well, and it's the same. Like, this is what's so frustrating because I couldn't help but see the modern day parallels as I was going through this. This idea of like a scientific method based on facts isn't good enough. I have to quantify how I feel because that's central to Goethe's version is like feelings, the spiritual aspects, the intangibles. Those are all important. And I'm like, sure, to philosophy. But as far as science, I need to quantify the things that we can prove. Yeah. Like, we we need to quantify facts. So it's kind of like, I feel like the vaccine might kill me. Well, here's a bunch of studies that say it won't. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And it hurts my brain, Armando. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating and a thing that we now have to deal with on a daily basis. And it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Oh, my God. He tried to gonzo science. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's so stupid. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this, yeah. and I and it's not boding well for the rest of the series, being that I... <laughs> I just want to let you know that it's only going to get crazy. That's what I mean. Because Steiner takes this idea of, like, a more spiritual, observational version of, air quote, science... And makes it his whole thing. Like, 
he bases so much stuff on that he then he at one point claims to be psychic it's a whole thing and people go to schools founded by this man (laughs) like that's that's the alarming part oh (laughs) no this is this is this is dumb this is dumb and it's the reason why we can't listen to any one single person uh ever also if you want to critique my oversimplification of any of these concepts i don't want to hear it yeah i don't i hate it so much i never want to hear about yeah, it again that's a- <laughs> it's so frustrating fuck philosophers they're just people yeah i do this i do this a bunch where i i like listening to the thoughts of other people uh like a lot especially like i am a i am a big fan uh, I am what you could call a big fan of Ram Das. I like Ram Das. I like his philosophy. I like his idea of like being here now and spending less time thinking about the future, the past, and just sort of being present and doing that. So I'll listen to a bunch of stuff that he says. I'll read his books and I like them a lot. And then every so often he says something and I'm like, right fucking there. That's where you lost me. That's where, that's where <laughs> like I was listening to something and he was like, yeah. So sometimes people put meaning on things and that's when it becomes difficult like have you ever noticed that sometimes sex an act between two people that is supposed to share this love and connection can sort of have these outstanding other uh i don't know what to call it like more spiritual properties to it like sometimes you have sex and you think to yourself maybe i'm not a good lover or you think to yourself maybe uh, I'm trying to make myself feel better. And this is like a way that I'm doing it. So you're putting more things on sex than just what sex should be. Like sex should be connecting. And I'm like, yes, that makes sense. I like that. And then in the next sentence, he's like, so that's why maybe you should stop having sex and like should never have it. And then like also give up like everything. <laughs> and then maybe like wear a robe. Have you ever been to India? And it's like, stop it. Stop it. Just do the, <laughs> just think the good thoughts and don't make it a fucking weird thing. <sighs> yeah. There's so many, there's so many different people like that where like, I like their ideas on stuff. Like I love, I love reading Vonnegut, like Kurt Vonnegut, genius writer. I love, I started with very simple. I started with cat's cradle. Love it. Love that stuff. Looked into Kurt Vonnegut, horrible person, horrible dog yeah. shit human being. And so it's like, because these are just people. Yeah. People are you people. You can't, no one is infallible. They're all, we're all human beings and we're all imperfect. And that's, oh God. And I think what's even worse is when you take the works and, and, and words of people who are infallible, or I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because I'm infallible. <laughs> uh, I'm imperfect. And, uh, and then you, and then you use them and you change them for your own personal benefit. It's that's even worse because that's it's all stupid. It's all it's yep. all so dumb. I hate all of it. And it's going to get dumber. Yep. So and also, again, if this is the science that you grew up with, it's not your fault. People should have probably taught you real science. Yeah, it doesn't. You didn't choose that. It's I mean, okay. imagine if Newton was using it. It'd just be like the apple fell on him, and he's like, "How does that?" But how does it make you feel? And he's like, well, "I fucking hate apples." I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. I'm I mean- never gonna eat an apple pie. I'm never even gonna use an apple phone. And they're like, "What's a phone?" And he's like, "Don't fucking worry about it. I'm Newton. I'm <laughs> Newton, baby. I'm Newton. Um, yeah. My rival fucks a bunch. I'm Newton." I bet Newton did too. Yeah. But, you know, we were too busy talking about his They're going to name so. a gross pastry cookie after me. I'm Newton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. All right. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this to us, Paige. Every so often we get to cover a philosophy or a context episode that just breaks our fucking brains. And I know how much it, I know oh. how much it sucks. And I want to say thank you for doing this to yourself. It's <laughs> all great. It's fine uh it's yeah fine. i'll just go back to screaming alone in my house that, the, yeah the only thing that i know the only good part of this and i'm and, and i'm saying this from experience is that now because and it, it won't take effect for the next three days but now you can just let go of the information and it'll it'll slowly sleep seep out of your brain you need to keep some of it for the series that we're doing but over the next like I, I think within like two months, really, it'll finally be gone. And then you'll never have to think about it again. And then you'll see something one day and you'll remember that it exists and you'll get irrationally upset in a Ralph's or something. <laughs> Someone will be like, have you ever looked at participatory science? And I'm just like, 
Yeah, and then you're like a fucking stop calling it science. You're like a Manchurian <laughs> candidate, where it just awakes something inside of you, and you murder people. Oh, oh thank you so much man. for bringing this page. Um, hey, if you if you <laughs> this episode is uh brought to us as every episode is brought to us uh by the Dick God. Hey, do you want to Priapus? Do, do you want to? Do you want to pray to a god, a higher, a higher, harder being than yourself? <laughs> the man suggests Priapus. A higher, harder being. <laughs> he's a pretty cool guy when he's not, I don't know, growing dick gardens or whatever. Um, yeah. No, this episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to check out all the wonderful tiers and rewards we have there. And guess what? Great news, everybody. Now that we're not stricken with COVID, we can finally start sending out your shit. Yay. Because we could be in the same room. Yeah. We can pack up orders. We can finally use a fucking uh <laughs> We can finally go to the post office. Yeah, we can go to the post office. We can pack shit up. We can go to the printer and get stuff made finally, which is fucking... It's been a goddamn nightmare, but you can go there and check out how you can support our show. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who does and for who has been so patient just waiting for your stuff. I cannot thank you enough. Um, also, uh, if you want to listen to the show in a new place, uh, might we suggest Rooster Teeth? Cock a doodle doo. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people listen to podcasts on like fucking iTunes or Spotify. But none of those places ask you how you feel. How do you feel? Yeah, how do you feel? The way you, when you observe a podcast, it changes the podcast. When you observe Armando on Funhouse, <laughs> does he seem as tall as he is in real life? Yeah, but it really. Hashtag small Armando. Re- <laughs> Don't you start that page. I, uh, Armando is secretly five foot Yeah, four. everyone else in Rooster Teeth is just very small. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I still I by the way I still am not over this. I'm still not over how tall Gus Sorolla is. He's so tall. You blew my mind. You blew my and mind he's with that. Fucking one. massive. He's a massive boy. Um yeah, I uh <laughs> I was going to say by the way when we were talking about the the using the Goethe method on the podcast thing I was going to say if two podcasters are podcasting and no one listens did they still podcast and the answer is yes that's most podcasts yes that's the most podcasts oh what a terrible job that we've chosen um <laughs> but if two podcasters are standing next to each other and one is Armando Torres and the other one is an unnamed potentially four foot nine man who works out to project that he's taller uh does anyone feel bad no no, God, he's so hot though. Anyway, I'm talking about Armando, by the way. <laughs> that guy's so fucking hot. Um I heard he died. <laughs> I heard his big balls killed him. That's what TikTok That's, said. Yeah, shit. <laughs> the worst part I don't post on TikTok anymore. And so every so often I'll get a DM or a, a comment or a mention and somebody's just like, did you for real die? Are you okay? <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, go to roosterteeth.com, download the app. You can get on your Xbox, your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your mobile device, or like I said, you can just go to the website. It's awesome. You can watch a bunch of shows there, like Camp Betrayal, uh, which is one of my favorite shows. I fuck it. I, I really like this show a lot. Ooh, it was a rough, rough episode this oh, week. Oh boy. Uh, don't tell me about it because I haven't finished watching it. I started it and then I had to go to work. Um uh, I had to go to work and see the people that are in the fucking episode <laughs> and just be like, hey, don't tell me about part of your life for a bit because I got to I got to watch it on my TV. <laughs> um, yeah, you can also find a uh, really great podcast like Good Morning from Hell, Black Box Down, Red Web and better than all those shows combined. Cult podcast. We're there. Woo! Woo! Yeah. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'll fucking fight every host of every show that I just mentioned. <laughs> Bang, bang. <laughs> so, yeah, go check out Rooster Teeth. They're awesome. 
Uh, hey, if you want to find me on the internet, I'm very easy to find. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all those places at Mondo Does Stuff. I also have a Twitch account, uh, which I've been making beats on recently, last few days. It's been really fun. Uh, and after this recording, uh, Paige and I are going to go play some more Visage. I'm going to hang out while Armando screams. <laughs> it's so scary. I think I told you it's even worse than I found out that it gets scarier. We were in like I the mild area. Like I'm not, I'm going to shit my pants, Paige. I'm, For some reason, I find it not that scary, but I think it's because I'm not playing. It's so much worse when you have to control it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a terrifying game. And we'll also post that on my YouTube channel. You can go find that on my social media in the bio. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Come find me. Also, check check out Funhouse Podcast. It's a real fun show. We do it every Tuesday live, and then it goes up on YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, all those places, and Rooster Teeth on Thursdays. Wednesdays for first members. All right. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, hey, it's your girl. I'm here all the time. Uh, if you have had an erection for more than four hours, write a poem about it and then send me that poem. <laughs> you can send that to at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagrams. Uh, and if you're not listening to Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod, go fuck yourself. No, I, I don't want to yes. be that aggressive. But also go fuck yourself. They're great shows. <laughs> it's very fun. Uh, this week, let's see when this comes out because that show's kind of ahead so, I cannot wait. I absolutely love both of those shows. And if, like I said, if you're not listening to them, go, go, go fucking do it right now. Oh, no. The one that comes out the same week that this comes out is my best friend's wedding. Ooh. <laughs> if you want to hear me say horrible things about Julia Roberts, <laughs> tune into my best friend's yeah, wedding. Yeah, please. Please do. Um, <laughs> you know, they're making a sequel called My Best Friend's Divorce. I mean, it he it was inevitable, honestly. Yeah, and then they're gonna make like a one point five movie, uh, and it's called uh, "My Best Friend's Affair," and it's uh, <laughs> it's narrated by Timon and Pumbaa. That's a very deep cut. I get out of my brain. I was like, "Are Timon and Pumbaa in it?" Like. <laughs> God, I love that movie yeah, so much. All right. Answer. Anyway, if you want to follow our podcast on Instagram, you can. You can go to at. Uh, if you want to follow our podcast on Instagram, uh, go to at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. And if you have dick poems that you want to send us, you can create an anthology and send them to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yeah. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, observe your drinks. <laughs> Stay safe. Yeah. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.